everyone, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Gary. And I'm David. Today on the show, we are talking about Avengers Infinity War. But oh first, no matter where you might be listening to us today, I want to remind you that all of our episodes, including all of our Avengers series, are at soundcloud.com slash so many sequels pod. You can follow us there, and you can even leave your comments on the tracks there. That's what I like about SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. You know, the other podcast places, you can't, like, comment, but yeah. on SoundCloud, really. you can. So no. if you have a SoundCloud account, follow us there. I don't know where you might be listening to us, but we're there. And on iTunes and Spotify and all that other fun stuff, but I digress. So, like I said, today we're talking about Avengers Infinity War. Right. The uh, penultimate movie in the 22-episode Marvel Cinematic Universe it's a big one. Well, we say penultimate, it's but it's going to go beyond the Well, yeah, but it, you know how the they ultimate. consider this like the begin, like the end right. of what they started and everything after Endgame is going to be like Marvel Part 2. Saga 2 know. or something, yeah. I don't know what you call it cuz yeah, they never didn't, they have didn't, phases, but then what comes after the phase? Didn't Kevin Feige use the phrase like Infinity Saga? Yeah, earlier, I think I did read like that. Like a few weeks somewhere. ago, or something yeah. like that. So maybe this next thing will be the next. Obviously, the next saga. step will build toward another big thing. I don't know what. So the penultimate of this, of the Avengers as we know it. So we'll start this uh, episode like we do every episode. Well, no. Yes, no. I forgot. <laughs> yes, no. We have, a, maybe. we have an important piece of news to talk about first. Oh, yes. That makes more sense to do now then, then. Uh, I'm gonna let David take over for that one are you drunk <laughs> <laughs> no, I started hitting the coke zeros earlier this week uh, yes no we are we have opened a patreon account and uh, if you listen to podcasts you've probably heard about patreon before it's a great way to support creators in various ways whether they're podcasters um, artists um, musicians and various other ways uh, there's a lot of other creators on the on the account on the site and um, if you want to support us we would really appreciate it we um, we're, we're really enjoying doing this show and uh, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of uh, episodes under our belt already but we're trying to find a way to make it so that the podcast kind of pays for itself if you will so that um, we listen can... I've basically gone into debt because of this I know so that's what we're trying to do we're trying to alleviate that I'm living in a box <laughs> But that you were doing that well before we started this podcast. <laughs> well, that's not the point. <laughs> point is, he wants out of the box. I want out of the box, you got, you or at least a bigger one. <laughs> the box was an upgrade from where you were. Um, but yeah, it's he's, um, he's not wrong. So it's available at so many sequels, or excuse me, patreon.com slash so many sequels. We've got some cool tiers. Um, you can get early access to the podcast. So right now we, we release them every every Monday. And we haven't decided the exact day when the early releases might happen, but they'll probably happen as soon as they're done being edited. Yeah, that would probably be best. They'll be exclusive fluid thing. At, the, at the $1 tier, and you can also get them on the $3 tier. And we're working on a $5 tier. Maybe our fans can help us know what would you want uh, as a... As a, as a five dollar contributor so let us know on that some of our uh, other things you get a shout out on the show when you become a patron and um we'll have a, a we'll have a tab there a q a tab where you can leave your comments on the movies we got coming up and uh, at three dollars we'll actually um or excuse me we'll actually read off some of your comments uh uh during the shows and so you might catch on something that we didn't pick up on and we'll go through and we might go hey i never thought about that garrett this guy said what you're saying but better or something like that who not knows hard to do not hard to do and at three dollars you also get to nominate a series which we talk about if you want to watch our um, little uh patreon video that we have on the site you can see some more about that um and we're working on some other cool things that go along with it. Um, 
reason, one of the reasons we're doing it is uh, because it costs a little bit of money to do this. Uh, SoundCloud alone costs uh, how much a month, uh, Josh? To uh, about fifteen bucks a month. Costs fifteen dollars a month. Not a lot, but any little bit helps for the extra storage. So uh, want to do that? We're want to try to open up our own website where we can uh, post uh, regular reviews uh, beyond just the so many sequel stuff, as well as some other. Um, other general writing and video work that we're hoping to do here in the future. So, uh, yeah. So, support us there. Patreon.com slash so many sequels. Awesome. That would be great. That would be I awesome. I would all love that. All right. Now, uh, we're going to go around the room, and I want everybody to describe Avengers Infinity War in one word. And this time, it's a little special because we reached out to our followers on social media and asked you guys to tell us your one word, and I collected a few of those. So oh, good. We'll, I'll, I'll read those after we give ours. So you collected those. Good. Yeah, I got them. Okay. I'll go first. Go ahead. Connection. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to elaborate on it? I'll, I'll get to that in just okay. a second. Okay. Okay. Right. I want to hear it. I'll say unparalleled. Oh, wow. Unparalleled. Okay. Snap. Snap. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, mine is stressful. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's all. I think they, they're all true. A few of the uh, words sent out to us by followers on social media include powerful, mm-hmm. intense, amen, ouch, <clears throat> Thanos. That was a good one. R.I.P., which is questionable <laughs> if that's a word, but I'll yeah. take it. And one that uh, is not really a word, but they hyphenated it, so I'll take it. And I don't really understand it, but coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means. I don't know what that means, but uh, thanks for sending it in. Anyway. Yeah, thanks for sending that in. I'm not sure what they... Maybe uh, coulda, shoulda gone for the head. Ah, there's uh, a lot of coulda, shoulda, coulda in terms of the Avengers coulda, almost taking over Thanos. Yeah, coulda restrained myself better from punching Thanos in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, woulda? I again, I have to think on the woulda. I don't know. Hey, before we get too deep, I know this one feels like uh, it's unnecessary, but like I'm gonna do it. Oh my just gosh! For fe- just just because I know how we're gonna get into it. If you haven't watched this movie, don't listen to this yet. Yeah, because we're gonna talk about it. Talk about spoilers. and it leads right into Endgame. So if you haven't watched it and you've made it through this many podcasts. Awesome, but thank you. But go watch this movie and then yeah. come back. Now, I can understand why you would rather listen to us over almost any form of entertainment, but oh, this yeah. movie really is worth seeing. Yeah, for sure. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a fan of the series. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, oh, man, this movie is so big and vast that this is probably going to be a... I don't know if it's going to be a longer conversation than normal just because our last few have been kind of long anyway. Yeah. Um, well, buckle up anyway, folks. Yeah. This is everyone together. The for the really the first time we get all these people. I took notes. Oh, good. Spider Man's here. I got the you. Guardians are here. <laughs> you Thanos. Got Obviously, Hulk. the original. Yeah. Uh, Avengers are here. And Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy. I said that. But never mind. That already said. Thanos, Hulk, Loki, Thor, Children of Thanos, Doctor Strange, Wong, Iron Man, Pepper, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Steve Rogers, Children of Thanos. That's what they're called. They are called. They have names. I don't know all their names. I know Ebony Ma. You know any other names? Proxima Midnight. Yeah, he would. 
I know he would, but there do you? Do, you? Uh, do the Cole Obsidian. No. That's the big one. No. And uh, Corvus Glade. Glaive. Spider-Man, Star-Lord, Drax, Gamora, Groot, Rocket, Mantis, Falcon, Black Widow, Rhodes, Black Panther, Bucky, Okoye, Nebula, Red Skull, Shuri, and M'Baku. All of those people had relatively important parts in this movie. But where's Valkyrie and Korg? Thank you. Dead. Nah, they good. <laughs> they might, I don't know. They might have been snapped. But in fact, it is a rook and not Korg. <laughs> So, this movie starts out with a pretty uh, intense opening scene that really sets the the stage for what kind of stakes there are this time and what kind of risks are involved. Absolutely. Um, We're in space where um, Thor and Loki and Thanos are having a bit of a standoff. Hulk jumps in, fights everybody. Thanos kicks Hulk's butt. Hulk is scared. Mm-hmm. Loki tries to trick Thanos very poorly. I'm I bad. was gonna say like that was just that was horrible. And There's horrible a large, time. really There's just a- and just the worst like uh, performance by Loki. Yeah. Not Tom Hiddleston as actor. That was fine, but Loki was a bad actor in that moment. Yeah, it was, it's 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 bewildered a lot of people. My <laughs> wife is not a big fan of it, it's and a lot of Loki fans are not a big fan of it. So Thanos kills Loki. And takes the Tesseract, and uh, it was the Tesseract, right? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, and uh, and leaves. Crushes the Tesseract with his bare Yeah, takes hands. out the, the yeah. space stone. Reality. And he's already got the power stone. Power he stone. reveals that space early on. It? That's the purple one. He just crushes the space stone, nah. which is inside the Tesseract, which is the blue one for people keep dragging home. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just talk about that scene a little bit, because there's a lot of baggage there. Mm-hmm. Um one, I felt like the Russos were obviously uh, giving us a look at what's ahead by killing a main character that early in the movie. Yeah. It seemed like they were showing us they were not messing around. Yeah. And um, Thanos directly says after after Loki dies, there are no resurrections this time. And that felt like it was spoken directly to us as audience members because we've seen Loki die before. Mm. And it's also a bit of foreshadowing that he of what's to come. Mm-hmm. That he does not intend there to be any resurrections at this time. Right. What did everybody think about that cool scene? What do you think, Andrew? Oh, man. I was so taken aback by it because it... You don't... I think... I, I think it just... It sets everything up. It's just like what you just said. It sets everything up in a fantastic way, but also incredibly devastating because, yeah, we, we not only have Loki die... But we also who uh, Idris Elba's character? Oh yeah, he dies uh, as well. And Heimdall, yeah, Heimdall. And we also we also know that Hulk, for once, is vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we see Loki. We, yeah. We've seen a vulnerable side to Hulk, and that just shows just how powerful Thanos is. And you're just in for a roller coaster mm-hmm. and if, and from there on out it nothing good happens yeah i am um, i just got a, a glance at garrett's notes over here garrett's got like four paragraphs before heindall gets stabbed that's <laughs> there's got a, lot, a lot of notes there's a lot no, of stuff they i'll tell you what the movie starts off about as good as it could right because it starts off with a Kenneth Branagh cameo that most people will miss. Yes. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh is the voice of the uh, the distress signal going out. Uh, Kenneth Branagh directing the first Thor movie, which is really cool. Movie starts in media res. Big film word for in progress. And uh, we get uh, 
we come right off the back end of Thor Ragnarok and how that movie left off, depending on if you say for the credits or not, it left off with a kind of a hopeful vibe and it is not gone hopeful for them. They are in trouble and Thor has clearly been been taken out. The half the ship appears to have been taken out and Loki seems somewhat unbruised. He seems fine. Like they were purposely not going after Loki because they knew what Loki had. And you want to talk about great ways to, uh, granted they have introduced Thanos a few times prior to this, but a great way to introduce a character into a film like this is just silhouetted against this sort of bright light moving forward with this eerie monologue carrying the broken body of one of our heroes. It's a great shot. And when he steps forth and he says, I'm here, it just kind of like makes you go like, Oh, you're as an audience member. I feel like you're locked in. If you've been looking forward to this movie, like most of us have for seven years or however long since that ending of the Avengers, you're, you're hooked in. You're like, yes, finally he's here. Let's, let's get this started. And, to have th- have you know Hulk come up against somebody that he can't physically beat, and to have Loki come up against somebody that he can't really outwit, is a kind of a a staggering thing to be presented with right in the beginning of the film. It really tells you Thanos is not like anybody that's come up come up before, because every other character that they've taken on or villain they've taken on, enemy they've had, they've been able to have some sort of trump card, you know, whether it was Hulk or whether it was some kind of surprise element. They don't have that here. Thanos is a step ahead and he's, uh, I mean, better than anything that they can throw at him right now. And yeah, it was a great intro. This is all stuff that happens before the title card comes up. Yeah. Garrett. Yeah. What I, what I took away was the, they, easily set up because you again this is the first full time that we've seen Thanos in full and so one of the last or one of the first things that you see is him just ragdolling Thor by his shirt and just like hanging like a damn suitcase Mm -hmm. like just you really see how big he is how powerful he is and I think that's uh, something that you need to see especially with so much packed into this movie establish him early he's been teased throughout several movies but like establish him early and they did that with just that one shot of him just ragdolling Thor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to I want to mention I was so Andrew and I both listened to the commentary on this. Uh, we watch. Uh, if you we, haven't listened to it, I urge you to do it. It's really it's so it's, good. It's very good insight. It's both the directors, Joan Anthony Russo, and the both the screenwriters, mm-hmm. um, Marcus and McFeely, and they. Um, they uh, set up something that I, they, they mentioned something that I didn't even really think about while watching the movie is that they when they were writing this film Thor Ragnarok hadn't been finished yet it wasn't even finished in like terms of the script writing phase so there was a lot of different ways they had this intro going before they finally could settle on a finished version they said every version more or less ended with Thanos taking something uh, but it, but they didn't know where that setting was going to be until Thor Ragnarok finally got um, sort of into the uh, like you know post production phase. Mm-hmm. So um, the amount of work that had to go into just writing this movie can't be understated when no. balancing all the films that had to lead into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. 
So after that battle, uh, Hulk is sent back to Earth where he uh, crashes literally at the footsteps of Doctor Strange and Wong. Um, He warns them that Thanos is coming. Uh, They get Tony involved. Uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker is nearby. He sees this this spaceship land and there's another great battle Mm -hmm. right there in the streets of New York. With Tony and Strange and uh, Peter, because Hulk is too scared to fight any of Thanos' minions now and won't even come out. Right. Um, Tony has a great line there where he says... He has two great lines, really. I really love, sorry, Earth is closed right now. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. And uh, something about Squidward. Yeah, he calls calls, uh, Ebony Maw Squidward. Yeah. And it's great timing, too. Dr. Strange gives this whole thing about, like, you know... uh, Take your your minions and be gone from this 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 world or something like that. And Tony just yells, "It means be gone, Squidward." Yeah. Get and, lost, and before all that, uh, Tony and Bruce are reunited for the first time since Age of Ultron. Yeah, Age of Ultron. Whenever he flew away, so like, not so. Bruce is giving a rundown of Thanos and all the dangers that he proposes or that he imposes as he's crashed into Doctor Strange's lair and Tony is brought in going through all of this and then he has to be looped in for the first time that the Avengers are broken up and that Tony and Cap are not speaking because he has no idea so he's just like call Cap and get vision and all this stuff and he's like yeah can't do that buddy uh here's why yeah yep. things are messed and up Hulk ve- er, Bruce very uh, accurately implies that they're both stupid for that yep yeah he's like what are you doing it's <laughs> it's a it's a fascinating three-way because you have basically three key pieces of exposition coming from three different characters. You have Wong and Doctor Strange setting up the idea of the Infinity Stones, which if you didn't get when Thanos was doing that, kind of giving you that backstory. You got Tony establishing why the Avengers aren't the Avengers, if you haven't been keeping up with that. Yeah, if you didn't watch And then you've got Bruce kind of catching you up on who this Thanos guy is, because they don't say when he's up there killing Thor, or, uh, you know, killing Loki and, and beating up Thor, that... He has this half the, you know, kill half a population uh, mindset. So Hulk introduces, Bruce introduces that. And I do want to mention, so we talk about, we we might talk more about Hulk and Bruce, the relationship there as we go forward. But um, it's a, I, I want to point out that the Russos talk about in that commentary that it's a little more complicated than just Hulk being scared. But we'll get back to that in a minute because uh, uh, I think Garrett wanted to say something. Nope. Oh, never mind. I'm bad at reading Garrett. <laughs> nope. That was all I had. I was just looking through my notes. Uh, all right. So. I do enjoy the dynamic between uh, Tony and Steven because both of them are so arrogant and full of themselves and neither one of them take each oh. other's shit. And so I really approve of the back and forth that they have because <clears throat> Tony is so snarky and funny, whereas Strange is just so like overly arrogant that their dynamic is quite good. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Dr. Strange is like the adult in the room. Whereas they're both arrogant, but they're arrogant in very different ways. Because mm-hmm. Tony's very like passive aggressive, I guess, and uh, Doctor Strange kind of aggressive passive. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it works. The Russos describe that as, or at least um, the screenwriters describe that as strange alchemy. It was a term they came up with. Mm-hmm. Was trying to mix characters that we didn't expect to see together and mining that for everything we could. So that's why you get Doctor Strange and Tony. That's why you get Thor and Rocket. That's why you get. Um, uh, 
sort of Vision and Wanda's extended stuff because we got a little bit of that before. And if you're, I mean, if you're not a fan of the comics, you might be watching going like, why are they so interested in each other? But just, may, you know, forging these relationships that maybe you don't think would go together. Yeah. So Strange uh, has the Time Stone. That is, that is the source mm-hmm. of his, a lot of his powers. And so he is captured um, and taken away. And Tony and Peter Parker give chase. Mm-hmm. Peter is given the Iron Man spider suit yeah. for the first time. And they are literally taken off into space with the ship. Um, and then we are taken back down to Earth to see what Wanda and Vision are up to. They are now being ambushed by more bad guys trying to get the Mind Stone that keeps Vision alive. Uh, in the middle of that fight, we finally see Team Cap return. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they've been up to, but he comes in with uh, Black Widow and... Um, too much fanfare. Yeah, too much fanfare. <laughs> yeah. There's a cool shot of the Cap, cap reveal and they, as he cu- emerges from the shadows. And they, they bring in that score from uh, Alan Silvestri from the original Avengers. Yeah. A sound that we've been humming a lot lately. And uh, it just makes it awesome. I mean, he just, like, I, there, was a, there was a cheer in my audience when we saw it. <laughs> And uh, it just, it's a perfect build to that moment. See, here's just kind of tapping in on that. I don't know how everybody else's audience was whenever you all first saw it. I had a very stagnant audience. Really? Mm. Like, no, there was no reaction except for the end, which mm. we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was there was nothing. So I honestly blocked out a lot of my audience experience. It yeah. was very like I was so emotionally invested that I didn't really think about it. <laughs> but I do remember there being like some cheer when Captain America show up showed up. I remember there being some fanfare when uh, Thor shows up at a certain point in the movie. If you haven't, y'all should look up some of the reaction videos on oh, YouTube. They're, I have watched those. They're uh, funny. Yeah. Like I wish I was in India whenever <laughs> whenever Thor showed yeah. up because there's a there's an audience reaction of Thor showing up that was recorded in India. And they just lose their minds. It's <laughs> it's something else. Yeah, they're funny. They are funny. I, I I know a lot of people find it annoying. I like I like a good active audience in a movie like that. Yeah, I mean it's it, when a movie's funny and when it's when it's when it's cool, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah like you know, if when a movie, it's literally when it's legitimate responses yeah. to the film. That's, that's when it's the desired response. Cool. Yeah. It's the magic of, of movies. When it's the desired response. When it's a horror movie, I don't need some jerk in the back going, "Bah, this sucks," you yeah. know, or something like that. That's yeah. not the kind of activity I need. You know what I what, what works is you know somebody screaming. If like yeah. something scary happens, people scream. It adds to the, the the film. That's the desired response, right? Is to make you jump. The desired response for a lot of this is to make you laugh and is to make you cheer and is to make you cry. So. I like, you know, I don't mind an active audience when it's the right response. Especially during these movies. Yeah. So at that point, Cap and team manage to fight off the bad guys and they make the decision to take Vision to Wakanda because they believe that they can extract the Mind Stone without killing Vision Mm -hmm. because he had offered to sacrifice himself to to keep it safe, but they don't want to do that. Wanda definitely doesn't want to do that. No, it doesn't want to. And Wanda's got to be the one. Vision sets it up that he that only something as powerful as the stone can destroy the stone, and he's like, "You are the only one with that power." Yeah, and since her power is derived from the stone itself, it should be able to do it. And um, they talked about when they were screening this film, doing test screens for this film, how they had that little music cue for the Wakanda, 
the mm. little like those little drum beats. And they said that in January when they were screening the film, very little attend. Like people were like, okay, yeah. And there were people who were saying like, oh, that was really interesting. Like people would talk about it in the in the interviews after. It's like that was kind of interesting. Those are some cool and neat characters. After February, huge applause whenever those yeah, drum beats come in. That big, I don't know what kind of metal it is or what kind of stone it is. Big ebony panther, you know, in Wakanda. People cheering for mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther to show up, and uh, Wakanda definitely helped a lot for this movie. Yeah, big, um, with Black Panther doing so well. Yeah, it's cool that they were able to, to pull that off to create uh, Wakanda and recreate those characters before the their actual film came out. Yeah. I don't know if Ryan Coogler was involved in any of the Wakanda scenes of Infinity War. I don't believe he was based on what I, I read about it, but the actors themselves, the Russo said they gave the actors, uh, specifically uh, Winston Duke, right, plays mm-hmm. um, Mbaku. Mbaku, and they gave um, a lot of the extras, because most of the extras were from had worked on Black Panther. They said they gave them just a tremendous amount of freedom. They said, you guys are the ones who know the what you've just done, so do whatever you want. So, like, the chanting they're doing and all that, that was all them kind of improving their stuff and they really only had scripted stuff for T'Challa with the exception of they didn't have any idea how big Wakanda Forever was going to turn out to be. Yeah, who could have? From there, we go back to space. There's a lot of back and forth in this movie because like we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of characters and they're all in different places. Yeah. Now we're back with the Guardians, seeing them for the first time in an Avengers film. That's exciting. Yes. We open with a nice little uh, throwback song. To oh, Rubber Band Man. Yeah, Rubber Band. And they put, uh, I don't remember where what they put on the, the, the title. They just put Space. They just space, put Space, because space, that's a Guardians thing. So yeah. it, put, it tells the audience exactly where, who we are seeing before we even see them. Mm. That's a cool move. They uh, literally run into Thor, who yeah. crashes into the windshield of, of their ship. They bring him on board. There's a there's great interaction between Drax and Thor. Thor. And then... Uh, and and, uh, and Star-Lord, Star-Lord, yeah. Uh, this is a really good scene. You're a dude. There's so <laughs> many man. good, funny, comedic actors in this movie, and they all get a chance to really shine. So yes. we talked about Cumberbatch and uh, Downey Jr. with their back and forth, seeing all the all the Chris's, <laughs> well, two-thirds of the Chris's uh, interacting Only in they could find a way to get Pine in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> seeing uh, Hemsworth and Pratt go back and forth uh, is really funny, especially when Peter Quill starts imitating Thor yeah. and all of the Guardians start calling it out. Is Are you making your voice deeper? No, you're not. And then they both this is uh, start being like, he's copying me. He's copying me. Why is he, he copying? He's, he's, he was doing one sandwich voice. away from me and Chubby. Well, and then when, and <laughs> fat. Fat. Yeah. Chubby's the polite one. And then uh, Drax makes that he's so underratedly funny uh, with his one-liners when he, when he says that Thor is like a, a pirate and an angel had a baby. Uh, so funny. It's just, they do a great job of keeping the humor going. Because, again, there are so many different storylines that they have to weave. And you're bouncing back and forth. Right. But never once did I feel like I was missing a story. I was interested in every single story. And it certainly doesn't feel like a two and a half hour movie. It, it's, they are able to do all that. And that's a marvel in itself. I don't know how they're able to do that. You but can, they did it. You can really see the Russo brothers' background in, like, sitcom play out in that scene specifically. Um, they talked about in an interview they did with Vanity Fair, I think, 
how that scene specifically they do something that they claim they invented while shoot while filming Community, which was the joke pan reaction, which is normally on a sitcom you do a joke and you cut to the other person's response, and they do it. They would do a thing where they would have the joke and then they would slowly pan up to or over to the other person for their response. If you watch in the movie, there's a specific point where uh, I think it's Rocket says the line, "What are you kidding? Will your one sandwich?" away from being fat and they just slowly pan up to Chris's reaction and they said that it makes it in their opinion it makes it feel like you're in the room with them that you know you're like watching the conversation versus cutting back and forth between those types of things yeah and they uh, they got their their start doing those kind of shows and I think it really shows for the moments where comedy is kind of played up and uh, man it must be hard to keep that many funny actors and even like Zoe Saldana and you know Sean Gunn's on set, Sean uh, playing uh, standing in for Rocket. So I have to imagine it's really hard to wrangle all of them in at times because both the Chris's and Batista and Zoe Saldana they're all hilarious and they're probably trying to outdo each other. Yeah, I think so. So in this meeting, Thor uh, determines that Thanos is is probably trying to get the Reality Stone, which is with the Collector on Nowhere. Mm-hmm. We met the Collector in in the first Guardians movie. So he decides he's going to go um, have Stormbreaker created, the the only weapon that could really take care of The Thanos-killing kind. The Thanos situation, Not yes. Not good at that. Um, <laughs> the Thanos-killing kind. So Rocket and Groot decide to go with him. <laughs> Meanwhile... I suck at it. Um, Gamora reveals that she has a secret mm-hmm. that Thanos like, likely wants to get a hold of and asks uh, Quill to kill her if if it comes down to it, if he gets her to kill her, to keep her, to keep that from being given up. Um, she knows the location of the Soul Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they go to... Um, I was trying to find the name of the planet here. Do they go to mm-hmm. nowhere? No, or yes, they go Gamora, to nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Peter, Gamora, Drax, and Mantis all go to nowhere to find Thanos... There's another little fight there where Thanos obviously wins. Uh, Quill refuses to kill Gamora. Well, well, uh, yeah, up until a certain moment. Yeah. And she is kidnapped. She reveals to him the location of the Soul Stone in exchange for Nebula, who is being tortured. Yeah. Her sister. Her sister. And then we get one of maybe the the most underrated reveals and twists in the movie that Red Skull has been alive this whole time. Oh, yes. yes. And possesses the Soul Stone. The gasp that I had in the theater was, I don't know, it was, it, it felt audible because I literally went out and went, <gasps> Red Skull. Like I said it to <laughs> myself. I, I was like, yeah, no. beside myself. It's one of the last people I ever expected to see again. Red Skull was the villain in Captain America, the first Avenger. Who thought he'd be back, let alone have such an important role oh, yeah. in holding one of the Infinity Stones? Yeah, I said I, I said that that is the biggest surprise of the entire movie. I agree. Um, I know that, the, well, as we talk about the movie and get closer to the ending, that left me speechless, but it was expected. There, if, if I talked to anyone who's like, yeah, I figured uh, Red Skull show up in this movie, you were lying. <laughs> you are a lying liar who lies, yeah. and I don't like you. And that is, for me, 
the biggest surprise of this entire movie is that Red Skull was there. For yeah, me, I think it was too. For me, it was always a hope. Not for this movie specifically. I didn't walk in going like, "Bet Red Skull shows up." But like, because <laughs> he came back one day. Because I just hoped he would come back one day. Yeah. Because the way that he departed in in Captain America: The First Avenger wasn't a clear death, and I always kind of hoped that he would be out there somewhere, somehow, still alive. I was just kind of like, it's such a good concept for a villain and a good and i thought that hugo weaving did a pretty good job that i just kind of hoped that in some way or another they would come back to him but i had kind of given up hope by by this point and so when he showed up i was blown away and so excited it's not played by hugo weaving anymore yeah voiced doing an incredible hugo weaving impression voiced (laughs) by ross marquand from the walking dead and that guy does really good impressions. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to know Ross Marquand from The Walking Hugo Dead. Weaving? No, it's not Hugo Weaving. I did he, not know that. He did not want to be a part of it, from what yeah. I heard. Yeah, Hugo Weaving said he has a problem with sequels, unless it's the Transformers or the um, Matrix. Exactly. But <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So it's Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead. Does, guy does incredible impressions. You can look, you look him up on YouTube, and you'll be stunned by some of the great ones he does. He does an incredible John C. Riley impression. Like who would who does what a John a weird C. Riley? I know exactly, right? Like who would do that? And it, it's pitch perfect. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it was a huge surprise, and he ends up having being basically the guide, the key to the Soul Stone. Like yeah. he knows all about it. Yeah, Red Skull uh, uh, tells Thanos that basically uh, you cannot get the Soul Stone without making a huge sacrifice, and so Thanos decides to kill Gamora in order to get it. That's mm-hmm. how hungry for this power that he is that he would kill his own adopted daughter. Mm-hmm. So he throws her off of a cliff she falls to her death and he gets the stone and it's weird confirmation that we get of like thanos isn't a pure monster if you will like like a lot of shed a single tear i think a lot of people wanted to treat him that way but the fact that he sacrifices gamora and the and red skull kind of presents it this idea of like it knows if you're lying like it'll know like you can't just sacrifice anybody and call it game like you have to sacrifice what you love and the fact that it works really kind of tells you like okay that really did mean something to him it wasn't like a casual thing for him he was very neat and credit to the visual effects team you can see it on his face it's the most distraught i think a cg creation has ever looked and uh all that is obviously some of that or a lot of that is played off of josh brolin's actual performance that they captured but wonderfully done and you see that he's not a real monster like he has feelings and emotions that you can empathize with even if you do not sympathize with him yeah i i'm i want to give a shout out to uh Josh Brolin because I think honestly at the this is one reason why I think they should nominate motion capture people for Oscars and I think this is one of those reasons because he literally stole the film mm-hmm. number one number two he was just so enigmatic mm-hmm. you couldn't take your eyes off of him even if you wanted to I mean he was present in in, in every single aspect of the movie and he did it he did it to a to a T, mm-hmm. um, and kudos to the motion capture people. Mm-hmm. Like they they, I mean, those people were the stars of the movie. But it's just 
it, it just shows just how just how good his performance was. Yeah, I mean, on your note of, of the award thing, it, we're hitting a point where the Academy and the other award-giving bodies are going to have to start recognizing motion They're capture. They're going to have to. I mean, we've had, I know Andy Serkis is, is, uh, um lobbied for it a lot mm-hmm. you know, with his extensive career in motion capture work. Um, he His work in the Planet of the Apes uh, movies were fantastic. And the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings. You've got um, the upcoming Avatar movies. Yeah. You've got this. There's going to be a time, a time of reckoning where they're going to have to recognize these people. Yeah. But I digress. We're, we're starting in this plot rundown, starting to, to almost get to the climax here. Um, yeah, we're about, all right, sorry. Yeah, we're about four more steps away from the climax. We're about to rejoin Tony Stark, right? Yes. After uh, about a 45-minute right. pause we're, from his storyline. We're only four hours away, people. It's all and good. Tony, <laughs> Tony and Peter have rescued Doctor Strange. Uh, they go to Titan, where Nebula is there with the remaining Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, they decide they're going to hatch this plan to steal to take the gauntlet from Thanos. A fight ensues, as most of these do. A fight ensues. Um, Mantis uses her mind control ability, whatever you want to call yeah. it, to kind of hold Thanos captive in a way so that they have the opportunity to take it off him. Yeah. He reveals in that moment that Gamora has been killed. He reveals in in indirectly through Mantis because she feels what he feels. Yeah. Quill does not take well to that and does what is I think the dumbest, most boneheaded move in the MCU. By very emotions, everything, but a very emotional one. Very emotional one. Clearly emotionally driven. Uh, Quill loves Gamora. Yeah. He decides to punch the big man in the face as if that would do anything to Who him. Who are we though? <laughs> <laughs> Who are we? Uh, yeah, it's, it's knocks him out of his trance. It's a it's a lapse in judgment. Yeah, I feel Peter, like is the most complimentary way you can put it. Peter almost has the glove off at that point. Oh yeah, it's, it's so, so close. close, so close. If he had waited seconds longer for the punch, I have a I have a theater related comment on that. Go when ahead. they were so then, so when he's like storming up, like 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 Quill's really getting heated. Mm-hmm. Tony says to him, "Quill, calm down. We've almost got this thing off." There was a lady in my audience, like behind me, that said, "No, you don't." Like she like said that out loud, <laughs> and then like and then like. You know, seven seconds later, when they, they have that quick shot of the glove like coming off and Thanos like grabbing it at the last second, that lady went, Whoa! Like, she was <laughs> super surprised. Super surprised. And, and I think everybody else in the theater was equally like, Oh my gosh, they almost had it. It's a, it's a great, like, I think there's an audible gasp you almost have to have when you yeah. see that for the first time, that gauntlet almost coming off and him grabbing it. I forgot to mention a, a small but pretty important uh, piece of the plot here before Thanos arrives. Uh, Doctor Strange is off in the corner somewhere uh, going through the millions, I don't know the exact number, but the millions of scenarios that uh, have an outcome here. This is all powered by the Time Stone. He's able to do this. He's trying to determine what needs to be done for the Avengers to win and Mm -hmm. to beat Thanos. And he goes through millions of scenarios and Tony asks him, how many are there where we win? And he says, only one. There's only one left. There were about 14, more than 14 million. 14 14 million million possibilities. possibilities. And only one results in Thanos being defeated so after quill ruins everything and thanos is back in fighting shape another fight ensues 
Um, Tony is stabbed very lethally in, uh, I don't know. It's a pretty heartbreaking moment. Oh yeah. It's a heart stopping moment. It it starts your heart. It stops your heart because anyone who, who is, you know, uh, has these movies close to their heart knew, knew going into this that it was very likely people would die. Yeah. So to, and we've already seen Loki die and Gamora die. So to see Tony get stabbed in a lethal manner like that was was painful. But Doctor Strange makes a deal to save Tony in exchange for the Time Stone. Yeah. Which is also important because on the spaceship, when uh, Strange was captured, he said, if it comes between you and the kid and the stone, I'm picking the stone. Yeah. And it tells you that in that one scenario... Tony had to live. Yeah, and Tony that's had interesting. Tony had to live, and and die, uh, Steve and must Steve have had to give up the stone. Yeah, like must have had to. Yeah, going into well, this, it gives me chills thinking about it right now. Going into this movie, <laughs> I had said, oh, like we were all. Everybody was speculating on who they thought was going to die and who they thought should die, and everyone, everyone that I talked to, for the most part, eh, the majority of people were like, Captain America, Steve Rogers has to die, and I was like, no, that is expected and boring and I don't want that because I'm a Tony man through and through (laughs) I'm an Iron Man through and through now there are some things that he does that I can't defend Uh, but in the end Tony and Iron Man are my favorite yeah but do you also see that the one to start it all dying is also expected right but I don't think that people but people expect Captain America to lay down and sacrifice and do all this stuff. Yeah. They don't expect that from Tony. Except for the times when he does it. Exactly. But even I know that and you know that, but most people don't see that he does that. I have said through and through that his death, had he died, would have been more impactful to everyone than Captain America's. And I stand by that. And so when I made it, when they got to that point... Having said this, leading up to this whole movie, prepared for him to die, I wasn't. (laughs) I sat there with my mouth open, terrified that it was going to happen, and I couldn't bring myself to watch. You know, this is one reason why we're... I just want to, this is very, I don't want this to turn into a thing. Okay. So before I say it, I'm telling you all now, because we're going to talk about what we think is going to happen next later, Mm -hmm. but because it relates to this scene, I want to say, because the Russos have already killed Tony in front of us once, it's why I question if he'll die in Endgame. Mm. I don't know Mm. if they'd kill him twice in front Mm. of us. Interesting. And that's, and we can go into that later. I just had to say. <laughs> so let's pick up the story where we left off. We'll pick up the story later. Thanos now has the time stone. Yes. <laughs> Thanos has the time stone. Does he have all of them yet? No. No. He won't does, have all of them until the very end. Vision. He has the mind stone left to get. That's right. Vision Did we still... skip over Thor's Stormbreaker scene? Getting the Stormbreaker? Yeah. yeah. I skipped over it because we can't go through every single scene. Okay. I just wanted to make I, sure. I, we did mention, we I did go over sure the fact that he did leave with Groot and Rocket to right. make Stormbreaker. He does create Stormbreaker. Um, it, it's one of the more forgettable scenes in the movie. Though. Whoa, not even. <laughs> Thor has the Thor is the second main character in this movie. Yes, but that, that right scene now. is pretty forgettable. No, they have a very awkward scene with Peter Dinklage he, being a giant. He restarts the. He, he restarts the. He rest, <laughs> I can't get out of it. It's out of my mouth. He restarts the forge. 
And he gets yeah. in there and he says the thing about, you're about to take the full brunt of a star. It'll yeah. kill you. And he goes, only if I die. And yes. then Peter Dinklage has that. It's very Thor Ragnarok. It's like, it is. like the, the, the Rooster Brothers like, like, we can't overdo it. We have to give him a little bit of Ragnarok, right? And Peter Dinklage has that. That's what kill you means. Mm-hmm. Line delivery. It uh, is a funny moment. I'll talk about the most important Thor scene when we're talking about movie. We're talking about later. Okay. But yeah, let's move on. So he's just collected the time stone. So he's only got one left, and there's a big battle in Wakanda over it. Yep. So they uh, we go back to Wakanda. Bucky is is back. Um, we saw at the end of was it the post credit scene in Black Panther where it was revealed that he was there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Bucky's been there. Um, they suit up to fight, basically. Uh, Bruce is there in the Hulkbuster. He's still not Hulk. Hmm. He's in Tony's Hulkbuster suit from um, Age of Ultron. Um, there's a great scene where uh, Bucky picks up Rocket and they just spin in a 360 shooting their guns. Yeah. Super badass. Yeah. And um, he asks, Rocket asks how much for the gun. Not for sale. How much for the arm? Not for sale. Oh, I'll, get yeah, that arm. I'll get that arm. It's a great, this great is a, rocket line. This is after Thor, Groot, and Rocket's huge fanfare entrance into Wakanda, where that big music swells yeah. and and everybody cheers and Thor delivers maybe the most awesome line that he's delivered in any of these movies with "Bring me Thanos." Now, is and that your like, favorite Thor scene? Going, in this? No, this okay. that's up there. But the, he goes like. I mean, it's overplayed this phrase, but he goes like Super Saiyan and just <laughs> annihilates like a like ninety of these aliens. You know, yeah. it was uh, that was one of the few moments where I wanted to like actively cheer in the in a theater. Him just looking as as powerful as he's ever looked, it was great. I felt the same. I think that was another chill inducing moment the first time I saw it when Thor arrives in, in Wakanda and just is just whooping on everyone. And does is it Rhodey who says, "Oh, y'all are no," no who says, "You're." Now. Yeah, he's like, you're screwed now. Yeah, it's a great, yeah, great fight scene. I, I, I saw, <laughs> we're nerds. I'm going to show you guys some funny memes about that later. Oh, good. I love a good meme. <laughs> but, but that is, uh, I think, uh, throughout the entire movie, that has to be my favorite scene is when Thor, Thor, walk, oh, wow, Thor arrives in Wakanda. Yeah, it's it, a good it, one. I mean, even when I watched it just before here, I still get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. It's so damn good. Everything so, leading up to it. So Thanos is here. Uh, Wanda has broken down and has decided, been talked into by Vision that she has to, she has to destroy the stone, or else Thanos is going to get it. And just as she does it, he shows up and stops her. And I remember thinking that was such a heartbreaking scene as well because <sighs> she had to watch him die twice. Basically, the this guy, the, this. God, he's he's a robot. Yeah, this android. <laughs> this android that she loves. Not only did she have to kill him and prepare herself for it, but then she was stopped and then had to watch Thanos kill him. Yeah, and that's very rough. well. And not only that, but she made the ultimate sacrifice for her in killing him in order to stop him. And so whenever he was like whatever and just turned back the hands of time she has to live with the fact that she killed him for not yeah and then yeah again has to watch him get murdered right right in front of her face right yeah. devastation yeah. but and and again we'll we'll talk more into that can you just imagine she's already one of the most powerful people in this universe they haven't really died di- uh, gone deep into that but she is incredibly powerful 
And if she is mad, oh man, like, Thanos is going. Thanos get it. lucked out. He didn't. Now, granted, he lucked out that she's one of the ones. That yeah, gets that, up going. That snapped, yeah. but still. Does it feel still feel? Does it still feel like you can't spoil this movie? Sometimes, like sometimes I talk about it they, with people, and I feel like I still hesitate to even say. Watch. That's why I said spoil. don't listen to this. If you I know that's why I still yeah. I still hesitate to say like you know when she got dusted. You yeah. know, like well, I, it, I have a hard time saying it. The 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 Russos penned a letter to fans before this movie came out, pleading with them not to spoil this movie for people, and I I very strongly urge them to do it again for <laughs> Infinity War because They're gonna I gotta it. tell you I am it. absolutely terrified yep. that it's gonna happen I am going as early as oh, humanly yes. possible I'm, going, I'm still terrified there's yeah. only one showing before me and it's it starts uh, like 30 minutes before so I'm hoping I'm in a good position yeah I'm, go- I'm going late that night so all of you will have seen it before me and that that concern not I don't think I, any of you will spoil it but it still well, irks me a little it's, it's three, gonna be fake spoilers it's like, the whole night but it's also like a three turn, hour film I'm prepared so. to turn my phone off <laughs> it's like a three hour film so you might be like getting ready to go in the theater as we're coming out anyway that's true that's true I don't know what all the times are there's gonna be some asshole out there who's gonna, who's gonna there's gonna be a lot of them who's just gonna spoil it for everybody we've mm. I'm scared anyway um, don't be scared now we've hit we've hit the the <laughs> The biggest scene of the movie, probably in terms of consequences, mm-hmm. Thor flies down, puts Stormbreaker into into Thanos's chest, right in his heart, right to into his heart. He looks at Thanos, looks at Thor, and said, "You should have aimed for the head." And snaps, <sighs> snaps, and then Thanos is taken to this sort of like other plane, basically, yeah, yeah. like this orange glowing. I guess uh, you could. I guess hypothesize that it's sort of like the soul realm um, based on it being the same color as the soul stone. And he's greeted by a small or he's greeted by basically a, a image of Gamora as a as a child. She asks him, did you do it? He says, yes. And she says, what did it cost? And the emotion that's expressed on this CG creations face and Josh Brolin's performance capture performance where he just says everything and he just looks he looks devastated like he does not look like he enjoyed doing what he just did and he says everything and it flashes back and everybody's kind of bewildered and he gets out of there he he pulls himself away at the last second so he's out of there he's not dealing with the repercussions with all these people around one of the thing one of the things i thought was interesting i think uh the the russo brothers stated about what he was walking on sunshine well, I mean, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the the like? There's a kind of a like liquid on the ground, and, and like I remember them saying that they, that was supposed to be like the river of blood mm. that he shed mm. of all the victims that he had throughout this entire snap. Dust mm. and blood, fascinating. Yeah. Mm. Oh, blood that's despair. messed up. Mm-hmm. So then we are taken through a really just uh, gut wrenching, horrifying. Cover your eyes. Uh, character by character death sequence. Yes. Um, we see... It's so Bucky. heartbreaking. Yeah. Bucky. We see Bucky. All the Wakandan hey. warriors for the most part. T'Challa, Groot, Wanda, Falcon, Mantis, Drax, Quill, Strange, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. The ones we see on screen uh, at this point. So where everyone is left off is um, Tony and Nebula are on Titan alone. Mm-hmm. With no foreseeable way to get off the planet, mm-hmm. um, Cap, um, Rhodey, 
Sure. <laughs> uh, sorry. You <laughs> had a massive thought. <laughs> there, um, Bruce. There, Thor. Yeah. Thor, Thor Steve, Rocket, Umbaku, Vision, Rhodey, Tony, Nebula, well, Natasha, Banner, and Okoye. Well, Vision's body yeah, anyway. Vision's yeah. Dead. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't get poofed. Yeah. No, he didn't. His 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 remains did not uh, wash away. Anyway. They are left to figure out um, where to go from here. Yes. And Thanos is smiling happily on his yeah. weird plane planet. Steve's last line, just, oh, God. And then we have this very somberly scored shot of Thanos walking and sitting down and to sort of uh, give, um, what's the word, to, to put into action a line that he said earlier in the film that what would happen if he succeeded is that he would rest and look over a thankful universe and he sits down and just looks off screen and then he just a slow grin it just sort of emerges his face fade to black Crazy. directed by John Anthony Russo Woo! oh my crowd was not great my crowd was not happy no oh my silence. crowd destroys dead silent just my my crowd went yes. my crowd kind of went Whoa! Like they were distraught that that was the ending. When the credits came up, I heard somebody's. I heard somebody in the back saying, "Where's the rest of the movie?" Yeah, and yeah, like I, you know, who can answer that? Yeah, yeah. I mean that was someone Coming. who uh, yeah didn't pay attention. Yeah, going in. When, when Infinity War was originally part one and part two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta pay attention, people. I'm really but, glad they decided to go with a different I, name. I'm too. But like, but when you see Avengers, when you see Avengers: Infinity War, the title. And then it all just... Oh, it blows well, away. It fades that, away. Yeah, and then great. at the end where it says Thanos will return whenever yeah. no one says Avengers will return yeah. or whatever. Thanos will return. What a great... My my, uh, my wife in theater went, oh my God. Yeah. Like she was really like, like... It's like... She was aggravated. Twisted, with. It was that and it was the... Yeah, it was the Avengers logo dusting away. Um, I watched an audience reaction where someone went, too soon right <laughs> after that. Now and we get... Now we get a brief... We get one... Post-credit scene. ...little post-credit scene that is also just the tiniest bit ray of hope mm-hmm. where we're taking, uh, I guess, to New York. Was it? It, yeah. seems like, it seems like New York. It seems like New York. Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> where it was likely filmed. <laughs> where uh, in, in traffic with Maria Hill and Nick Fury, the snap happens, cars start crashing into each other. Mm-hmm. A uh, helicopter falls out of the sky. Yeah, Maria Hill starts to turn to dust then Nick Fury scrambles into the back of his car pulls out some kind of weird little communication device he's standing there in the street as he starts to fade away does he say mother? he says mother fuck he goes mother and he (laughs) He fades out almost gets it out his last his last action is pushing the button on this thing it falls to the ground it blinks a few times and then we see the Captain Marvel emblem. Yes. And then blackout. Blackout. Oh man, the yes, a ray of hope, excitement, genuine excitement. One last laugh uh, from de- de- delivered by Nick Fury for him uh, by for Sam Jackson to yeah. almost get out the F word in a Marvel movie, and um, and it's all um, once they get out of the car, it's all one shot. It's all, uh, and, and the Russo brothers talked about that they wanted you to feel like, they wanted you to feel the same sense of urgency that Sam Jackson was portraying in this moment, that, how rushed he is, and then he's going back to the car, and he's getting in there, and he's getting it out, and he's and then he fades away. So it's all one, like, 11 to 12 second shot, and it's really 
and I felt it. I was getting nervous watching as Maria Hill fades away and some other guy in the background fades away and people are panicking and, and, and there's explosions going off from cars and who knows what all crashing in the distance. It's a great, it might be one of the best post-credit scenes. That, I think so. If you, if you were to put them all in big Since list. Since the early days. Because yeah. really, um, toward the middling years and some of the later ones, they really started to, to just kind of throw away the yeah. post-credit yeah. They, start, they started, I, Which is something I've always been disappointed they've in. They started pushing the more important one to like the mid-credits, like after yeah. they do like the kind of fancy uh, credits. Mm-hmm. Um, before they do like just the regular scrolling text, they've started moving a more exciting scene up to there, and then the post-credit scene is either like another joke or some kind of like some kind of maybe not. I don't want to say underwhelming, but it's kind of it's something for just if you just want to get one more laugh in and you're not expecting anything yeah. awesome. This was awesome. This was like oh my gosh, I'm so glad we waited that little bit of extra time. And if you saw Captain Marvel, uh, you know Than she about to whoop on Thanos mm-hmm. real good. I really hope it's a good fight, honestly. I'm hoping for, like, her and Thor uh, to just throw down with Thanos in a really, in, like, in hopefully the best fight scene in ever, in ever, ever made. Um, that, that completes the rundown of the plot, so now I guess let's just open the floor for a free-for-all talk about Avengers Infinity War. I talk a lot, so I'll let Andrew start. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, Key moments we didn't go over, the thoughts that you had along the way, whatever well, anyone wants. The only thing I have to say is, the only thing I have to say is this, is that the the, the, the word I had to describe the movie oh, was, yeah. was connection. Connection. It is amazing to me just how connected the MCU really is, and this film sums it up perfectly. Perfectly. And... The connection, the connection to it is way deeper than than I am than I could have ever imagined. And the thing is, the two main characters I believe they have the most connection, in my opinion, are Thanos and Iron Man. Because, because they're both strong-willed, they do what they think is right at the cost of something very personal, and they're both looked at as gods. I mean, they're kind of idolized, yeah. and. And uh, Thanos has a somewhat hintable respect for Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Like he, he says that after whenever he stabs him. And um, I mean, to think about it for a second, they're both very smart. They're cursed with knowledge. They both wound each other. I mean, I mean, Thanos, both, Thanos yeah. stabs him while. Iron or it's Tony stabs Thanos. Gets that little drop of blood out of him. They're both yeah. futurists. Mm-hmm. They're both futurists, and uh, they're both extremely powerful with their own strength. And they both use their powerful for doing something dealing with humanity, whether it's good mm-hmm. or whether it's bad. That's an interesting take. I never that's, thought of. That's what I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, where's Gump over there? Everything else, I will say this. There's not a single scene I feel in this movie that is wasted, nor has, uh, nor is any character in this movie wasted. Everybody in this, everything and everybody has a purpose, yeah. and everything connects all, all the way together. So I, this is one of those few movies that I would have to say is perfect. It is a modern day epic. You don't get movies like this every once in a while. Because, yeah, we have movies that come out and people call them epic. This is epic. Like, you can't... To contain all this stuff... (laughs) To contain all these characters, all these people, in one film, you couldn't do it. 
Yeah. I'm so happy that they're breaking it up. I'm so happy that they're putting it into two films. I'm glad you said the bit about this being a modern day epic. Um, a few, several days ago, Garrett and I were talking about this and how um, it almost seems like a, uh, I feel like I count myself toward this. Um, I've, I've come to see it now a little better, but I think a lot of people t- kind of take for granted this moment in uh, film history. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing something unfold that does not happen very often. No. And it is to such a large scale and so popular and um, so consequential in how it's affected the movie industry. Uh, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, in 20, 30 years, what Star Wars is to people now, what... Um, Indiana Jones means to people, Back to the Future, these iconic franchises. This is going to be that in in maybe not even as long as 20, maybe 10 to 20, 30, whatever, when people are looking back on it instead of living in it. Just imagine also, we and, and we had talked about this in, in the Star Wars episodes that we've done and, and post like current Star Wars uh, conversations that we've had off mic. But like, just imagine if we didn't have the Internet. Like, we get so much content all of the time, Mm. but if we didn't live in the age of the internet where this was, this straight up would be Star Wars waiting for episode, uh, uh, gone blank. Episode uh, Five. 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 Or six. Yeah, six. To drop. Like... We would have had this this cliffhanger of a thing, not knowing any ideas what would happen. So I think that's something that also needs to put into context that if we lived in an era with no internet, that is the same kind of reaction that we would have as they did in the seventies and the eighties, waiting for the final Star Wars movie. Yeah, and imagine if they like didn't do. Imagine if they if they still did like press the same way. Like imagine if the Avengers weren't on every talk show every you know for like the for like five uh, weeks leading up to a film. Um, like back then, like you wouldn't. I don't think they even had stars and movies until after the movie was in theaters to like the premiere. So like imagine if we weren't like inundated with yeah, all. Yeah, you of didn't this, get a trailer every month. A trailer whatever. every you know like since January we've had new trailers like on. Not on a regular but on a semi-regular basis and like i said like every like you can find countless promotional youtube and uh, youtube interviews and stuff and material building up imagine if we only had hey here's the movie and hey on monday night right or on 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 thursday night the night before the movie you know chris evans or robert Downey jr is going to be on the tonight show or something like that and that's like the only press they really do it would be such a i can't imagine living in that world I, it's a part <laughs> of me envy some of it but also part of me like just imagines like not having any details like not even knowing like who's going to be in the movie until maybe they release a poster you know it's it's crazy to think about well i i just want to touch base on this about about epic films i think you maybe get a good decent epic film Maybe once or twice a decade, mm-hmm. and that really starts from. I mean, it started from the silent era. I mean, we're, if we're going to get into the history of film, let's just go back to the silent era. Why wow, you're the only one in this room yeah. that remembers that era? Yeah. You go when you were your first film, uh, <laughs> Birth think, of a Nation. Back when you were. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> no, thank you. Now, what would you say was the last one? Then would you say what the Lord of the Rings probably for I you? I would have to say the Lord of the Rings. I mean, you, you could argue that it's maybe the Harry Potter. 
But like, I, really I, I would go epic. with I would go with Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings was, even though it was a trilogy of films, all shot on the same plane. Mm-hmm. Um, the Return of the King is like the most epic of the epics. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't really have one in the nineties. I, at least I don't I don't remember. No, not on the scale I mean, maybe of say those two these I two mean, films. Maybe, maybe like Dances with Wolves or Braveheart. I don't think those made as much as these as those two. Yeah, like those you're talking about. These epics are also massively successful. Mm-hmm. Like there is, have been is a lot something of something like Titanic an epic. Sure. Okay. I don't okay, know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know if that really fits the epic. Uh, I mean, it's qualifier, but it's a very successful film. But uh, in the '80s, you have. In the 80s, you had uh, Indiana Jones. Mm. You had the conclusion of Star Wars, which mm. in the 70s was no, Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. In the 60s, Space you had uh, you had in the 60s you had you had big films. You didn't really have like epic films, but the only epic film I can think of would be Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, that's that could be considered an epic. And, and then in the 50s, you had Ben Hur. You had The Bridge on the River Kwai. Mm. And. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it, Ron Swanson's playlist. We only get, we only get so many movies like these, probably maybe once or twice a decade, and this is that movie. Once in a generation. No, yeah, it's um, it's you know, and the, what what really makes it an epic, in my opinion, is not necessarily the, it's it's a combination of the scale of the film. It's really widespread, but also it's the fact that they're balancing, uh, perfectly four separate storylines in this film. Yes. You're talking about Thanos' storyline, Thor's storyline, what I'm calling the Earth Avengers, and the Space Avengers. You know, you have Tony's plotline as he follows with Doctor Strange and Peter and all them, and on a subset, I would include the Guardians in that. The Guardians kind of weave through Thanos' and the and Tony's. And then you have Thor is going on a whole separate adventure, and there was a point at time in this film where the last shot of this movie was going to be Thanos collecting the stones and not snapping. Like, the snap was going to be saved for the second film. Mm-hmm. And they realized that if they they did that that the movie becomes essentially Thor's film because Thor goes on this big this big epic journey to get Stormbreaker and he comes in and he destroys Thanos but Thanos gets the stone and he gets away and he's not he hasn't made the snap yet and they didn't want it to be Thor saves you know saves the movie so far they wanted it to be Thanos's movie yeah so for the first time ever we get a movie that the central character is the, is the villain and all of the major story beats of this film revolve around Thanos. And he really... Um, let's see, what was that? What did I write here? Yeah, every time he collects a stone, it's a major emotional moment of this film. With the exception of the Power Stone, which even you could say is emotional when he shows up and he already has one. It leaves your mind to kind of race. How did, it, how did that happen? And so... And it ends... Like you said, Josh, it's it's it's... We don't get these kind of films where the bad guy wins, not in not in the box office, not in the, the blockbuster genre, you know, or, or in the summer movie no, it's mindset. So, it's so against what we've come to understand to be like um, the the summer blockbuster. It's not a the pop- bad guys don't win. No, it's not a popcorn ending. No, where it, you know maybe and a lot of people compare it to Empire Strikes Back in that sense. Sure, um, and and like you said, it is also very similar to. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One. Yeah, our heroes have lost, and the bad guys have won at the end of that yeah. one. And it's so it's it's rare to get that in this type of movie. And it's I'm really looking to, and I but I think that even this is kind of different in a way because this was such a a finite thing. Like even with Empire Strikes Back, 
you still didn't know what the Empire was going to do next. With this, like Thanos is, as far as he's concerned, finished his his journey, his mission. So it's going to be really fascinating to see how they handle a villain who won and how they handle heroes that lost on such an epic scale, such a grand, universe-spanning scale in this next film. And um, I want to, before we, before I go, before we move to, to Garrett or Josh, I want to point out two more things, or a few more things. One is that... Um, I think that somebody who doesn't get enough praise in this movie, or when people talk about this movie, is Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Uh, If you really focus on her when you're watching this film, it is an emotional performance she gives, Mm -hmm. and she's really, really good. And I think that um, I I really am curious if she comes back. Like, I know there's everybody's talking about a lot of the characters being brought back to life in some way or another. I'm really curious to see what happens with her. Um, Because it almost seems like a waste to lose Zoe, Zoe Saldana. And then um, I want to talk about... Oh, I wanted to mention Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, I feel like this movie did for Doctor Strange what maybe the first Avengers movie did for Thor. Like, I feel like his movie, second movie is going to do way better. I feel like that his fight scene with Thanos makes him seem like super awesome. And if you were kind of unsold on Doctor Strange, I feel I really hope that it, it translates into whatever Doctor Strange sequel they do because I want to see more of that master of the master of the mystic arts character and him just kind of owning people. Anyway. Uh, I just have two. So we talked about previously how Marvel took a long time to get their villains right. Um, Killmonger, Vulture were two of the ones that we mentioned that were really good, and those came in Phase Three. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanos is a great villain, and you, he had been set up for a long time. But one thing that they have done is make them a little more relatable. Now, I'm not saying that genocide is relatable. No, what I'm saying is his argument for what he thinks is right can put it in a relatable essence. So he's talking about how the planet itself and all of the planets in the universe have a finite amount of resources and that overpopulation is taking these resources away. And so what he's trying to do is make sure that the human race or whatever race may have you survives. Mm -hmm. And so if you put it, if you think like a crazy person like he is, then you can think and put it in a in perspective of he is thinking that this is the only way to make life sustain. Mm-hmm. So what he's doing is helping in the long run and you have in to his, make a sacrifice in his idea. Now that's not how that works, but it is a relatable way to present something so far out of unrelatable. You can see you can see where it tinges into madness, like mm-hmm. into like it being a crazy idea. It's like it's like if you say, Well, I only have enough food to feed one dog, I'll just kill one of my dogs. Yes. Like instead of buying more food. Right. You know, or something like that. Like like the 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 problem that he's trying to solve is real. The solution is where it gets crazy. Yes. He's like he th- he's he views it as being a merciful solution. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like he is crazy and I think it works because he's crazy but he's also seemingly like philosophical and very like he seems intelligent but just like he's he doesn't have to be you don't have to have the you don't have to be the joker I guess you don't have to seem like babbling odd to portray a person who's sort of insane 
And that's where I kind of feel like he is. He's insane, but he's calm and collected. He's kind of Hannibal Lecter. We talked a lot about him recently, where you know he's crazy, but because he's so presentable, you are you're almost you're you almost want to believe that he could be right. And it's yeah. And Josh Brolin's voice is incredible in delivering most of those lines. Mm-hmm. What was your other thing? Yeah, he did both of his. Oh, oh no, I had another one. No. Do you have anything? No. Okay. The, the, the only thing I'll say is is that this is one thing I don't understand with the internet is that the internet, like from a lot of reports that I read after this movie was released, they were saying that we kind of agree with Thanos. Like, we kind of agree with the whole half erasing the universe, the population of the universe. I don't understand that. I mean, the people are agreeing with that. They agree with his logic. Okay, I'm not as worried about Andrew as I used to be. <laughs> and I just, that, that, that makes me, I don't know. It just makes me, it just gives me, like, the heebie-jeebies about some, about some things I read. Something yeah, you're worried. Yeah. But the other thing is... The other thing is, is that I think, do I think Thanos is a, is a smart man or smart, whatever he is? Grimace. Uh, thank you. From One of the best lines in the movie. When he calls him Grimace. Do I think he's, do I think he's smart? I mean, yeah. But I think it's his will that makes him stand out because he is incredible. Incredibly strong-willed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not we're talking, talking about, about strength, strength physically. physically. We're talking about strength willfully. Yeah, yeah mentally. Like he's no matter what happens, he's going to do what he thinks is right. And some of his best lines are based on that. Yeah. That idea of him being the you know, she says something like he says like the only way to fix this problem is the way I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And Gamora says something like you don't know that. And he it's really great because it's kind of like a subdued line where he just kind of like retreats a bit and he just says to himself I'm the only one that knows that and I remember thinking in the theater like Whoa, I'm like I was like not in a not in a in a, in a you know a thirsty way but I was like I'm falling in love with this character right now this is a really cool character he's so far gone yeah. and committed to this idea like I said he and he proves how strong willed he is at many moments in the film and I think that's why he respects Tony Stark like you said yeah he can see like Tony's way outmatched here but this guy's, you know, this guy's strong-willed enough to keep coming at me and keep standing up to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have to. He's like, I'm gonna have to put this guy down because he's not gonna stop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he respects in that little moment he has with Cap too. With a little bit of respect. This guy's not stopping, even though he's way outmatched. Uh, when uh, when Thanos appears on the planet to collect the the time stone. You know, he sees he sees a uh, Doctor Strange right there. One of the things that he says is it takes the strong. I don't remember it. Word for word, word, but it's like, like it takes the strongest, like it takes like, God, it's like the tough, the toughest decisions come from the strongest wills. Yeah, something like that. Here, I'll look it up real quick for you. Yeah, yeah. it's something of that nature. But uh, yeah, it's just so, it's, it's just so emotional about what has happened. Like the hardest choices require the strongest wills. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. So yeah, that's, that's uh, which is a total dictator line, right? <laughs> Choices require the strongest wills. It's a great way to justify a lot of bad, and I think that's why he kind of is such a great villain. Is that he is 
so good at ju- tried finding ways to justify his own means. Yeah. And we, even though we all think it's cra- it's crazy and bad, it's like, oh, but he, it's being really well performed and really well written. Josh, what about you? Special thoughts. I, I, I don't have anything else to add from what we've discussed. I just will say it's a it's it's a great movie. It's it's one of the top in the in the whole MCU for me, and I think it's going to be a movie that um, I'll always be glad that I was able to see when it happened. All right, I got. I'm going to talk about my Thor scene now. Okay. All right, and then we got to start wrapping. The genius of pairing Thor with Rocket can't be undersold. Just great, great weird chemistry between Thor and Rocket, and I want to say his that scene in the pod between Thor and Rocket where Rocket tries to kind of like uh, I don't know comfort Thor is in my opinion the best scene Thor's had in the MCU bar none like you can take all of his funny stuff in Thor Ragnarok you can take all his stuff from the first Avengers movie just the the turn that Chris Hemsworth is able to make from tragic to comedic is so fast he might I think Chris Hemsworth may be one of the most underrated performer like actors performers of this generation the little monologue he gives about or I say monologue, but the dialogue he and Rocket have where Rocket's like asking him, like, oh, you said your dad and your brother's dead and your sister, you know, you got a mom and he goes, and he's like, she's dead. Best friend, dead. We just saw him get stabbed in the heart at the beginning of the movie. And he delivers this thing of like, he, he says the line, well, Thanos has never fought me. And Rocket says, yes, he has. And he goes, well, he never fought me twice. And it's a big laugh line for the movie, you know, or for the, for the audience. And then Rocket says like, what if you fail? And he delivers this really somber moment of just saying, like, uh, this, this monologue of saying, like, I am this many years old and I've killed twice as many people as that. And all of them wanted to kill me, but none of them have because fate is on my side. And Thanos is just going to be another one to die at my hands. And Rocket asks him, well, what if you fail? And he says, if I fail, what else do I have to lose? Like I, he's this is a man at the very very end. He's at Loki being taken from him at the at the beginning of this movie was the last thing that he had in this world essentially, the last bit of family he had to connect with, and so he is determined to kill Thanos. And you get that cap at the end where he says, you know, he does, he has the bring me Thanos moment. He's destroying, he's wrecking aliens left and right. And he puts that axe in Thanos's chest and he says, "I told you you were gonna die for that." And he like pushes it in i was like i was so excited and i thought i i i had to believe they were going to do the snap but i was like oh my gosh this is maybe i was wrong maybe they're not going to maybe thanos isn't going to succeed but it's just a dynamic scene and really cool and um it if you weren't if you hadn't picked up on it by this point it kind of really illustrates that idea that thor i think uses that Thor, that sort of god of thunder bravado that you see him use a lot as kind of a sh- as kind of a way of masking his true feelings, because he's trying to put on this big, you know, like well, you know, he's never beaten me, kind of way of hiding how he actually feels, which is he's hiding a lot of pain and a lot of regret and a lot of anguish over what he's lost, and uh, if it weren't for the snap, it would be Thor's movie as far as things are concerned. The journey he goes on to get Stormbreaker, uh, absolutely love it. And uh, I really, I'm, I, I'm so looking forward to seeing him 
and uh, Captain Marvel as probably the only two that can really stand toe-to-toe with Thanos, just have an epic fight scene. And uh, how everybody else plays into that, I'm really excited to see too. I'm really interested to see how Ant-Man plays in, how Cap and Tony are going to play into that, and what everybody else is going to be doing in the next movie. Alright. Well, let's talk about the box office hall, shall we? How long? Is it a lot of money? <laughs> is it a lot? Oh, is it a lot of money? I can tell you one thing right now. It opened to $257 million opening weekend. You are correct. It is the number one uh, opening weekend of all time in the U.S. and worldwide. Um, number two being The Force Awakens. It, yep. All right. Um, That's fair. Domestically, though. Domestic. Not worldwide, interestingly enough. Um, Avengers Infinity War opened with $640 million worldwide. Opening weekend, right? Opening worldwide, weekend. man. That's that's more than half a billion. Half a billion in three days. Yeah, that's insane. That's nuts. Yeah, uh, like David said, two hundred fifty-seven million opening weekend, which was April twenty-seventh, twenty-eighteen. Um, other movies in the top ten that weekend were completely forgotten, <laughs> but but they included uh, a lot of great movies. Well, I say a lot. Some great movies. They were snapped out they of existence. Snapped. Yeah. Uh, a Quiet Place. I Feel Ugh. Pretty, Rampage, Black Panther, Super Troopers 2, Truth or Dare, Blockers, Ready Player One, and Traffic. And I, I think if you look, Black Panther actually got a slight boost from people seeing it again before Infinity I War. I remember this that. Is true. Yeah. It, or it only dipped like two, like two percent or 4%, something. Four um, percent. Black Panther was eleven weeks in release mm-hmm. and only had a drop off of four percent. It the week rose before. from five to eight. Yeah. Or eight to five, based purely on the release of Infinity. How deep was A Quiet Place? A Quiet Place was four weeks in. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't register they were so close together. Yeah, Black Panther was by far the oldest movie in the top ten. Yeah. Important question. Yeah. Important answer. What about Super Troopers 2? Uh, Super Troopers 2 (laughs) was in its second week. It had a total of $22 million at that point on a $13 million budget, so... No, so man, nothing, to, nothing to wag a finger at if no. you're if you're a big Super Troopers two diehard. Yeah, we'll have to Super Troopers probably. Is it on the list? I don't believe it is. Oh man, we'll have uh, to add it after. Well, can do it now. Uh, <laughs> Avengers: Infinity War went on to make a total in the United States of six hundred and seventy-eight million dollars worldwide. It made two billion. Forty-eight million and some change. That is nothing. It is um, in the United States. <laughs> Did you say that's nothing? I jump change. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it it was only enough to get it to number four on the all-time highest-grossing list for yeah. worldwide. Huh? For worldwide? Uh, it's it or domestic. Interestingly enough, it is at number four on both lists, oh, okay. even though there are some discrepancies. Yeah, because Black movies. Panther's just ahead of it domestically, yeah, right? Yeah, Black Panther was made more money. Yeah. In the United States than, than Infinity War, which still kind of boggles the mind a bit. It had that lead up. It had that February, it March all to itself and it just did. killed it, everything. It is truly an anomaly, an amazing anomaly. Um, and then what? It's just The Force Awakens and something else, I'm so sure, Avatar right? So Avatar and Titanic. Yeah, Worldwide, uh, yeah. Avatar, Titanic, and The Force Awakens are the top three. Mm. Then Infinity War. And in the, in the U.S., it is The Force Awakens... No, wait. Yes. The Force Awakens, Avatar, Black Panther, Infinity War. That's not bad company, honestly. Not bad company. No. It'll be interesting to see 
where Endgame ends on I'm, that list. It'll be interesting. Like, I wonder if it'll break that opening weekend domestic and worldwide. I think if it's... If it does, like, 260 I've, I've heard it's projected to. And I... It's a lot of money. Knock on wood. The Force Awakens made $938 million, uh in the U.S. It'll be interesting to see if they can top that. That would be. It would be tough. That would be. That's a lot. It's a big ask. In the US. and there's other there's other yep. there's other big movies that are coming out after. Did you so think it was more. They might cut into it. I for some reason I thought I thought the force. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut. No, you. go ahead. Uh, uh, I didn't mean to cut. Well, I, what I meant was was like, I thought that was just the uh, the international hall. No, the international hall was 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 far more. Okay. The Force Awakens made over two billion dollars. It made more than Infinity War. Did. It made almost a billion domestic. Yeah. So that's pretty big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. that's not pretty big. That's the biggest. That's box office. Let's play our Rotten Tomatoes game. Yep. Garrett's yeah. got a change up on I'm gonna this. Change it on you. So I'm not going to guess. I know the score. You three are going to guess. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to start with the critics' consensus this time. Okay. Avengers: Infinity War. You don't want to. I, Go I, ahead. You don't want to have us guess and then have us give the opportunity. Oh, well, we can. That's yeah. fine with I me. I didn't know what the new rules entailed. No, that's fine with me. Okay. If you I guys... just kind of like that we right. got the chance. Yeah. You guess. Me first? You want to go? Okay. Andrew, you guess okay. first. Andrew always cheats, so let's let Andrew go first. <laughs> what, the... <laughs> what the fuck? That was all before David even joined and he knows it. Oh, yeah. mother... F- um, I like now you're censoring yourself. Two weeks ago, it was just... Why are you making me add bleeps now? <laughs> F-words flying. <laughs> no, um... I am going to go with 94. All right. I'm going to say 91. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 87. That could be. None of you are right, but some of you are pretty close. Um, some, there's only three of us. Yeah. yeah. Well, so one of you, one of you, some of you are closer than the others. At least one of us is close. Uh, two is some. So here's your chance. <laughs> here's your chance to change. And if you're playing along, uh, this is your chance. Yeah, I mean, you can change your answers too if you're guessing along. We invite you to uh, guess what you think the percentage score on Rotten Tomatoes is too. The critics' consensus, though, is Avengers Infinity War ably judges a dizzying array of MCU characters in the fight against their greatest threat yet. And the result is a thrilling, emotionally resonant blockbuster that mostly realizes its gargantuan ambitions. Would anyone like to make a change? I guess I have to since I didn't get it. What was I, 94? You said 94. Yeah. What were you? I was 91. And Josh was 87. I'm going to go with 93. Shoot. 2% drop. Okay. Anybody else? I will say, I will say 92, because I feel like I was close. I feel like I'm close. Okay. I'm going to say 86. So everybody, you went up, I went everybody up else one. went down. One of you is even closer than you were before. Uh-oh. It's got to be Josh. With. I think it's Josh. <laughs> it's got to be Josh. With a total score of 85%. Oh. Josh wow. is the closest. I really, that audience score's got to be 90. I really thought it yeah. was in the 80s. I really did. See, when it was released, I remember it being in the 90s. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going off of. Yeah, I'm I remember it being high, too. I must have the audience score right. 91, 90. you had it right, and you changed audience. it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, too bad they don't count. Yeah. <laughs> they don't actually want to tell you. They get really David. Real. It's a David Constellation prize. <laughs> I can't wait to see how many uh, give it gonna... one star because Brie Larson's in it. Yeah. 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 They're gonna. Uh, yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, it's gonna there's gonna be people doing that. Yeah. 
So yeah. Wow. All, All right. right. Fun game. All Fun right. Game. Well, Josh technically wins. Technically. What do you? Gets the closest. What, what does he get? Nothing. We never get bragging any. rights. Yeah, bragging rights. He gets three infinity stones. Oh yay! <laughs> um. Yeah, the second place person gets six gets though, the other. so it's okay. <laughs> this is. I think this part will be easy. Um, it's five out of five infinity stones for me. Uh, easily. Uh, Easily seven out of five infinity stones. Okay, there's only always, five, but that's always okay. breaking the rules. <laughs> Dave Meltzer. Um, I'm it's the gotta only be. That gets it, I know. Well, that's what it was for. Um, yeah, I gave it a solid five out of five. I can't wait. You know, there is. You said there was no characters wasted, and there is one character wasted in my opinion, which we'll get into when we talk about Endgame. And uh, I really look forward to where we go from here. Yeah. I mean. You gonna say which character you thought was wasted? I'll say it. Yeah, next time. Oh, okay. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'm yeah, not afraid to say it. Next time. He's leaving that uh, clip. I'll leave that for when we talk more about Endgame because I don't feel like I feel like we've gone pretty long on this yep. one. So five out of five Infinity Stones. I'm in love with this movie. I was my 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 wife said my wife was devastated and I was just exhilarated. I was so pumped coming out of this film. I was I I could I could watch it again right today if I had to if I could. If I had to. I saw it twice within less than 12 hours. Yes. Uh, I saw, I don't remember what time we went and saw it the, on opening night, but I took vacation the next day <laughs> and I went and saw it at 10 o'clock that morning. That's true. With people who hadn't seen it. And so I had, and so I was still having an, a react. I was still not over it. Then I had the reaction again, but it was also fun to see everybody else have their reactions so it was yeah. like this, this and I'm planning on doing the same thing again you feel like uh, you caught new things that time having said that probably give it two out of five it's just <laughs> that's, that's my Andrew impression uh five yeah five definitely five okay all right well that wraps up our episode of uh Avengers Infinity War we'll be back next time <sighs> yeah with Avengers Endgame we're all gonna watch it and Try to talk about yeah. it in words that make sense. That will honest, <laughs> it's going to be hard. Honestly, it has the potential to be the actual longest podcast ever. Maybe like, longer we'll than the three hour and 58 second runtime of Indian. Because we will, uh, we already talk a lot about movies that, are, that have come out years ago. Yeah. So like, just wait till we are fresh off seeing the film. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And don't, so don't forget to follow us uh, in our various social media. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, just search so many sequels in the tw- in the search bar. Find us on Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe to our new Patreon and uh, help us out. Yeah, where's that? Patreon.com slash so many. Yeah, Patreon.com slash so many sequels. And uh, if you wanna, uh, you can become a one dollar patron, three dollar patron. We're working on a five dollar tier, or you can uh, just click when you click become a patron. You can actually enter any amount you want. You don't have to stick to those two. But we appreciate any amount you give and uh, help us make this thing self sufficient. Cool. Yeah. Find us online. We'll see you then. Until next time. I don't feel so good. No! <laughs> no, too soon. <laughs>